Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. I'm your host, Bishop Earl. I appreciate you spending some time with us. I'm really pleased today to introduce to you Nick Winder, a young man and a wonderful story and uh, certainly a great Christian story. And we're going to hear more about that as we go. Well, thanks, Nick, for coming and sharing. You bet. Thanks story. for having me, Earl. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited and honored that you have me on your show. Well, it's, it's our pleasure. and. Uh, so as we usually do, we find out a little bit about you. You were uh, born here in Utah, were you? Where, where were you born? I was born in central Washington. My, my oh. family were farmers. Okay. And so uh, we moved around in the Northwest a little bit. Uh, and then we settled here um, when I was nine years old. So my parents moved me to, to Orem, Utah with my brothers and sister when I was nine. I've been here ever since. Now, were they LDS, your family? They were. Both of my parents were born and raised Mormon, okay. LDS. Okay. Um, and their roots go way back, so they're fourth or fifth generation Mormons, and okay. uh, they're still active as well. Yeah, and your dad, the uh, callings and stuff. Did he? Uh, was, I understood he was a bishop. Is that right? That's that's right. Um, <laughs> when I was very young, I was maybe three or four years old. Um, we moved numerous times when I was young, and so uh, for a short period of time, he was a bishop in his uh, early thirties. Yeah, and so I don't remember a whole lot about his experience being a bishop, but I do remember he was gone quite a bit and had yeah. a busy schedule back then. Um, I, I am the middle child of five, and so I have two older brothers and a younger brother, and so we kept ourselves busy. And <laughs> uh, But he he did have callings outside of being a bishop, um, you know, a high priest. Uh, sure. he's, he's been in the bishopric since then, you know, as I've been an adult. Yeah. He served in the, uh, um, oh, the... Um, you, not the youth, but the um, young men's, young, young and, adult. yeah, oh, young adults. Men's. The young adults. He's been in the bishopric okay. for the for the young oh, adults. Yeah. So he's been very active. Had many callings. My mom as well. She's been in okay. Relief Society and Primary, <laughs> uh, and so they've had pl plenty of callings in their time. Okay, well, I think it's kind of important to develop that part of it because you have a kind of an interesting story to, compared to some. Sure. You were uh, baptized at eight. I was. But then something happened when you got the Aaronic Priesthood at twelve. That's Tell right. us about that. That's right. So when I was twelve, I, I was. A, expecting a an incredible experience when I was ordained in the Aaronic Priesthood when I was 12. Yeah. Um, the, my leaders and I would, to some degree I think my family kind of <laughs> built this expectation for me that I would have quite an experience and I was expecting to be a different person after they laid their hands on me and yeah. and I stood up a member of the Aaronic Priesthood. Uh, but that didn't happen of course <laughs> and so uh, as as I stood up and, and was shaking hands and I went on with my life for a couple of days, I really thought about that experience and how I was really kind of disappointed in what ended up happening. Um, <laughs> and so immediately I started questioning, well, what is this faith? Who is Joseph Smith? What is this priesthood? Yeah. And I couldn't find any answers. Um, so I asked my leaders, I remember asking my parents a couple of times to, to kind of explain it to me, and, 
And basically the answers that I would get were, well, you'll figure it out and, and you'll grow into your faith. Just keep having faith to keep going and you'll figure it out, yeah. That's right. Okay. You'll figure it out. Um, but I'm relatively curious and, and always have been. And so um, I asked questions. You know, I remember about the same time I started thinking to myself, well, you know, some, some deep questions philosophically, well, who am I and why am I me? Why aren't I somebody else? And so I had all these kind of questions that were bearing down on me as a 12 and 13 year old wow. young man. So interesting. And, and I didn't have any answers for those questions. And so I immediately started questioning, well, who is Joseph Smith? Did he really do the things that he said that he did? Is he really the prophet who restored the gospel to the earth after so many years? And as a 12 or 13 year old, he was basically my age, sure. and we're putting our hope in him that what he's telling us really actually happened. And I couldn't fathom that God trusting me in the same age group <laughs> to do what he claimed that he did. And so it just led me to a lot of questions, but I was, I was really rebellious yeah. um, even before that experience, but certainly after that experience, um, I was rebellious. Um, I, I couldn't find the answers, and so to some degree, I kind of stopped trying and then just went off and did my own life. Well, were your parents, uh, I guess they were thrilled with this attitude, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're questioning and, and maybe the rebellion, did, did, what did they say to you? You know, I didn't... They, str pretty, they struggle with that, don't they, as parents? They, they struggled with it. You know, I, I did a pretty good job of hiding it for the most part. Hmm. I'm not sure they knew exactly how rebellious I really was um, at that <laughs> age. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I did have my questions, but for the most part, Earl, I, I mean, I went to church. You went I, to church. You were in the young man's. You took seminary. You, right. I mean, you did the things that you were kind of expected that's to right. do and got through as a teacher, were you, and a priest and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I'm sure your parents were, yeah, you were probably able to, but you're apparently a, a, a deep thinker. Yeah. Much I, more than I was. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> blasted yeah. through it. I did. I I. Thought, I, I, I thought deeply and I really wanted to make sure that what I was putting my hope in was the right thing. And oh. I think I understood that then, at least to some degree. I certainly understand it a lot more now as, yeah. as being on, on this side of the cross. Brothers and sisters, how were they, did they relate to you at all in this regard? Or were they some of them having the same questions or? Yeah, so my oldest brother did go on a mission. He was, he was a missionary down in Chile hmm. um, and, and then uh, my oldest brother, myself, my older brother, myself, and my younger brother, we all did not go on missions. Mm. Uh, and so we all kind of had our own struggles. We weren't really close, at least not close enough to have these kind of conversations. Oh, okay. So um, I usually hung out, not with my family, but with my friends. And then sure. we, you know, we, we were a great family. There's nothing wrong with our family growing mm. up, yeah. but we didn't have those kind of conversations. Um, and so, you know, my parents really didn't know, I think, a lot of the struggles that we had. Yeah. My oldest brother is still the only one who's active in the LDS church, oh. um, but none of my other brothers and sister are, are saved. Uh, and so we still pray for them, obviously, okay. quite yeah. frequently. Um, but, you know, my friends kind of had the same, at least, idea that, hey, we can live this other life, but then we can continue to go to church and we can be faithful in our callings and pass the sacrament and bless the sacrament and these kind of things. And so it's interesting the thought process we go through as young people, isn't it? And, and even when I was uh, active in the church, uh, it was quite often that I would, we'd, I knew that we would have like 10 or 12 young men in the priest quorum, say, but only three or four or five would come out. Hmm. So there is that certain level of 
of inactivity sometimes with the youth. Sure. So it's kind of prominent. Have you run into that, uh, or did you run into that much? You said you grew up in Orem, so that was right. probably very active there, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> we did not have the same experience that you had here yeah. in Salt Lake Valley. Uh, you know, my ward was maybe four blocks long and two blocks wide, and I can remember two <laughs> houses that were either inactive or non-Mormon. Mm. And so everybody was active, everybody came. We had a full quorum of, of well, priests and teachers and, and every, everything, yeah, yeah. And, a, and, a, and a ton of young women as well. And so we had yeah. a big group and, and we were all at least active on Sundays. What we did outside of church on Sundays <laughs> that was, was another something story. else. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, then you head off to college at 18 or so and uh, tell us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so Get I Get away left. from the household and... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I left home for college uh, when I was 18, my freshman year, uh, and I can remember going to church at college in Rock Springs, Wyoming, twice when I first went there. Uh, and then after that, it was, it was free as a bird. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I never really have turned back since. Um, and so I just started living my life how I wanted to live it. So you and didn't attend church then after that, really? A Mormon church. Or, that's right. I can yeah. probably count on two hands how many times I've been back to a Mormon church for their for their service on Sunday. Okay. Um, and but the unfortunate part was that I was certainly pagan. Um, so I left the Mormon church, uh, and there was absolutely no fruit. I lived the college lifestyle. I was an athlete. Yeah. So not only was I in college, but I was an athlete, and so we we lived that lifestyle. Um, and looking back, obviously God has used that and redeemed it, and it's it's for His good and for my good. <laughs> Uh, but at the time, the lessons that you learned, that's I right. guess. That's well, right. just to cover this maybe in a different way uh, or a little bit more, what do you think uh, other people that go through these, what, what is it the church isn't doing hmm. for the youth? I mean, did it, was it a, a church problem, a religion problem? Was it your parents' problem? What, what, what was the reason, would you say, that you got through to 18 and live this kind of double double life maybe right you know there's a lot of peer pressure so even even the kids who like me were living a double life we'd go to church on Sundays and we'd flip the switch and we had a lot of peer pressure to be the teacher's president or yeah. or to say the right things or do the right things and so the same kids and I were going out on Friday nights and doing stupid stuff yeah but then we, when we got to Sunday, we were putting on the show in the, in the white shirts and the tie. And you really felt the hypocrisy of that, I'm sure. So, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And as, as a matter of fact, I got into some real trouble with some <laughs> kids that were my leaders in, when I was a priest. Well, I mean, we got are. out and got <laughs> some, some trouble with the law. Oh, dear. Um, and so, you know, obviously I regret that looking back, but yeah. we, we did. We lived an absolute double life, and, and a lot of people didn't have any idea the things that were going on inside of us. And, and for me, it was the questions that I had. It wasn't that I necessarily wanted to go do all yeah. those things that I was doing, but I was so unsettled with the answers that I was giving, given that I had to go find them somewhere else, and I certainly tried to find them in the wrong places. Yeah. So what happens in it... Uh between 18 and 25 then? Are you just kind of living life and doing your thing? And uh, what happens next? So yeah, I, I made it through college. And like I said, I lived the college life and, and um, still would kind of come back to some of these questions throughout college, but really just kind of put them off and said, you know, I don't, I don't need God. I don't, I don't need religion. Um, I'm a good person. I'm better than this guy over here who's doing this, this, and this. Yeah. And so I think I'm good. Um, but so I moved back 
uh, and I moved in with my parents, believe it or not. Wow, okay. For about six or eight months right after college. Um, and, and I met my wife, Taylee. And so we start dating, and her parents had both been saved uh, out of Mormonism. Oh. And, and so they start talking um, about Jesus and, and who Jesus is and how he's very different from the Mormon Jesus. And I can find him in the Bible, and I can read about his life, and I can, I can understand for myself who he is and enter into a relationship with him. What would you think of that? I mean, that, was that different than... At least it would have been different from my Mormon home to talk about Jesus that way. It was very different. Yeah. And so they challenged me to, to read the Gospels. And I, Taylor's parents did. They did. They challenged yeah. me to read the Gospels. And so I kind of blew them off for a couple of months. And I almost got to the point where I said, I can't do this anymore. And a verbatim thought in my head was, there is such thing as too much of a good thing, and there's definitely too much Jesus going on in this house. I don't know if I can continue this relationship. Oh. <laughs> the thought went into my mind. and so, yeah. But I decided that I'd go buy a Bible. I went and bought an NIV Bible, and I read the Gospels. And my first thought was, this Jesus isn't who you're telling me that he is. He's, he's confronting people. He's calling them whitewashed tombs, and he's confronting them. That's not love. Jesus is love. Yeah. And so I was confused. <laughs> But I know now that he'd opened my heart to the gospel, and that was just part of the story. So I continued to ask questions, and I decided that I would give, continue to, to, to date Taylor, and we ended up getting engaged. And so we had a relatively short engagement, and literally as we were getting married, um, I immediately understood at the altar that something significantly more holy and and outside of just me and her being married was happening. Really? The while, covenant, you, while you were there? At the while altar. we were there. And it sounds more dramatic than it really is. Yeah. But I just stand there. We were holding hands. And I remember thinking, there's something going on here that I don't understand. But I need to understand it. Wow. And from that point going forward, I've identified with myself as, my, as a Christian. And, and it's been a, a pursuit of who Jesus is and, and to find out what he has in store for my life ever since. Wow. So you've, I mean, I call my thing a new, be, becoming a new creature. Did right. you feel that way then at, at that point? You know, at that point, I understood that there were things that needed to change in my life. Yeah. And at that point, they did not change. So there was, there was a, a relatively slow sanctification process <laughs> from there. Yeah. Um, and so... I can't, I can't say that, yes, I was a new creation at that moment in time, okay. but that came about a year, throughout you the know, next year. Well, that's, for us, a, for me, it was a process as right. well. Was there ever a thought then, to, that you, thinking about Jesus, to go back to the Mormon church? Never. Yeah. Never. Because I think my biggest question was, was Joseph Smith, who Joseph Smith is. And I knew from a young age that, that he was not who he claimed to be. I just had this strong sense and now, obviously, studying and and, and Have you realizing, studied other things now yes, more? Yes, absolutely. Study yeah. the history of the church and some of the things that he's talked about, um, lining it up with Scripture, lining it up with the evidence that we have of Scripture. Um, the evidence we have for the Bible is endless. Yes, right? I mean, it goes, I know. it goes back until the first century church. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, the apostles, they built, they built the church and they passed it on to somebody who passed it on to somebody who, who started a church. And, and it just goes on and we can trace all of these things back. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know it at the time, but I, I fully believe that it was the Holy Spirit convicting me that I was 
part of a false gospel. Uh, and I, I had no idea what that meant until I was <laughs> 25 years old and, and married. And, and so it's just been a beautiful thing since. My wife and I have had a, had a wonderful uh, Christian life for the last five and a half years. Um, we currently live in Layton and attend a, a local church there. Um, you know, I teach I teach the youth Sunday school. Taylor's a worship coordinator. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we have a youth group at our house, so it's just been it's been an amazing five and a half years to to be in the Lord and see what He's going to do in our lives. Well, do you remember the first time you went to a Christian church? I mean, you'd been to Mormon churches, I guess, and then that, that you attended a Christian church. What? You remember that first time? Yeah, that's How actually it was. <laughs> that's actually a really good question because I, I attended a Christian church in Colorado where I was going to school. Oh, and it was a, a large Christian church, and I, I specifically attended a Sunday night service with a lot of high school and college age kids. And so there was a, a huge band and a lot of loud music and lights. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it totally was certainly different. different. <laughs> that's right. It was certainly different than what I grew up with in sure. Oregon yeah. uh, and singing out of the hymnal. Right. Um, but it was, uh, looking back, it was a pivotal moment because I could see that there was something different. I wasn't necessarily interested in what was happening, yeah. but I went with my friends um, and, and, and it was very different. And so and this is before you got married. This was before yeah. I even knew my wife. Yeah. Um, and so I had, I had attended Christian churches, at least that one, a few times uh, before, you know, God really got a hold of me. Uh, but after God really got a hold of me, it was still kind of a process for me to to think that a band was okay and loud music was okay and singing things outside of a hymnal was okay. Um, and, and, it, and praising Jesus, that was the thing I noticed mm -hmm. going to the Christian church, is that it was all about Jesus, the words and the hymns and the, and the right. songs. You notice that, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, when we when we go now as Christians, we are absolutely His ambassadors here on the earth, and, and to praise His name is an absolute honor for us, to bring glory to His name by professing it through our mouths and through our worship. Yeah. Um, it was a shock for me. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't remember specifically you know, all the hymns as a kid, but I don't remember that being part of what we <laughs> no, do. No, it isn't. <laughs> Going back, I think it's interesting your your comment about the Taylor's parents and and is there too much of a good thing? And I, I guess you understand now their enthusiasm and their and their feelings and the, the comments that they made. And absolutely, <laughs> when Jesus and gets I guess you've shared of, that with them too. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've had a, we've had numerous laughs as I've told my story and told them. Um, but you know, when Jesus gets a hold of us that should be all we want to talk about and all we want to do. And we go out and live our lives. Sure. But once he gets a hold of us and changes us into a new creation, everything that we do comes out of what he's already done. Yeah. That's right. He's already been lifted up to the cross. I don't have anything to offer him at all. I don't have anything to offer him and I don't have anything to offer myself. It's all because of what he did for me on the cross. And because of that, I want to go proclaim his name and I want to, use my mouth and use the Bible and the things that God's doing in my heart to spread his good news. Uh, because Romans talks, tells us in Romans 10, you know, how are people to know and hear the gospel unless we go out and we proclaim it yeah. and we preach the good news. Do you find that hard to share with your family and friends that, that basic message of how we feel now about Jesus and the cross and the Bible? Have you had a hard time sharing that or is that, have you been able to share it? 
you know, I have not been able to share it with my family or with my close friends from high school or college like I wish I could. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I don't, there's just something there, isn't it? It's hard. It is. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for me, as, as a very rambunctious 18-year-old, I burned some bridges with my family. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think they remember some of those conversations and, <laughs> uh, and don't really want to talk about it. But, you know, my prayer um, is that not just I would be able to reach them, but somebody would be able to reach them. It doesn't need to oh, be sure. me, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's my prayer, too, that somebody or some scripture or some story is going to affect them. Right. Yeah. Right. So you keep praying for that. Absolutely. And, you know, our, our relationship um, is fine with my family. It's a lot of, you know, how, how's your weather kind of conversations. Yeah. We don't get into theology. We don't get into much about yeah. the LDS church or our church. Um, and, and, you know, we just pray that God will use somebody and we use the conversations that we ha have had, whether they're few and far between like they have been, yeah. uh, you know, if, or if there's people, you know, who do have conversations with their family, God's going to use every single one of those. And we're just simply the vessels. He's going to do what he wants to do and shape that pot however he wants to. Yeah. And so if we're just faithful in that, <laughs> then that's all we can do and, and, and trust that it's, it's up to him anyway. Well, you mentioned what Jesus has done for us, and that's kind of that concept of grace and mm -hmm. works. And I think that's one of the things Mormons certainly misunderstand, isn't it, about about grace and works? And absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, you know, as 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 a young Mormon, I, I really didn't have an understanding. But now, looking back and knowing what grace is, yeah. we don't have anything to offer that grace. It is a free gift that God has given us. Yeah. It costs God a lot. Yeah. He sent His only Son, who was eternally in perfect communion with Him, yeah. to die for us because we chose long time ago to eat some fruit. <laughs> and from that, sin has entered the world and it is all around us and in us. And so the only thing that we can do is respond to Him opening our hearts to the gospel yeah. and believe in Him. And so the mercy and the grace that He offers us it's completely free to us, but it costs God a whole lot. Well, and it's His righteousness that allows us to even stand there before God, isn't it? To That's make, right. to, to allows us to be clean before Him. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're on a great adventure now, I understand. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world for the, probably, hopefully, for many years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell us so about God's it. doing a marvelous work in me and Taylor's life right now. Uh, this past fall, we started talking to Russ and Tammy East from Utah Partnerships for Christ. Uh, they're a ministry here in Utah. They have a radio show, and they also have a house in Ogden where they host short-term mission teams. Yeah. Um, and so talking to them and talking to some of the short-term missionaries who have come out, we approached them and just wanted to see what their ministry was like and how we could potentially get involved. And so one thing led to another, and we started talking about the potential of us moving into the Blue House and kind of expanding the great ministry that they already have, but we would kind of be hospitality uh, and, and administration Mentors and teach yeah. and do things right. there. It's right across from Weber State College. Right. And tell us, uh, these groups that come, what are they usually made up of? So most of the time they're high school or college students who come out and their sole goal is to evangelize and minister to the surrounding areas. And so these young people will come out and they'll go to Temple Square. They'll sometimes go. And they to, talk to Mormons. They'll talk they to Mormons. Out. Okay. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, take the tours and things. But their whole, their whole goal is to be able to 
have conversations with Mormons. So they'll go to the MTC, they'll do a prayer walk, they'll go to Weber State to the Institute and go to a, a local ward house on mm -hmm. Sunday. They just want to get into the community and experience what the LDS uh, life is like. So these, these young people come out and they haven't experienced anything like this before. I was well, talking I would think, I wonder if they even know what Mormon is, but anyway, I'm sorry, right. you interrupted you. No, that's okay. Um, so we were talking to a leader one time, he's been doing short-term mission trips for 15 years, and he said, this mission has been the most spiritually, mentally, and draining mission that he'd ever done. <laughs> and so that was a couple of years ago, and we yeah. had no idea that God would open this door for us, but our ministry would be to these, to the mission teams coming out, who are spiritually, physically, and mentally drained from having conversations with LDS people, and we would minister to them. So we would cook them meals, we would do Bible studies, we would do worship in the evenings to fill them back up and, and get back into the Word that sustains us uh, and, and help them kind of be reinvigorated to go out and do it again the next what day. What a wonderful program. Yeah, I bet we're Russ excited. is excited to have you participating like this. and. Uh, he does 8.20 a.m. radio here right. in Salt Lake. He's the manager, general manager or something. Right. And, yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, he's the station manager for AM 8.20. So, uh, you know, what, what his ministry has been and what we want to just be a part of is being able to get the truth, uh, to, to get it out in this area. There's, there's very few Christians in this area. You know, we're less than 10%, certainly, evangelical Christians. And yeah. so... We want to make the truth known. We want to do it in love. And this is a trust thing because you're turning. You've uh, well. I don't. Are we going? Can, what? Where, what have you given up to do this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so eventually, if if God blesses it, there'll be an opportunity for me to to quit full time working and to do this full time. Um, praise God, Taylor's been a stay at home mom for the last five years, and so he's he's blessed us that way. And so we are. We're taking a step out in faith to. To trust that God will provide if, if it's yeah. His will, and so we're just we're just so, walking. So if people care to donate and and help support you, they can. I think we're putting something on the screen that will go to upfc. Uh, dot, dot org, right? And they can contribute there. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, you know, the the kingdom of God is built one worker at a time, and not everybody's yeah. able to do what we're going to do, and so yeah. some people. We're able to support in other ways, and so we'd absolutely appreciate that. And we just uh, praise God that He's given us the opportunity. Well, it's so neat because there's such a freedom in Christ, and allows us to uh, worship Him and serve Him in different ways, and be part of the body of Christ. And I never got that message as a Mormon, mm. and, and probably in your youth, you probably didn't either. Right. I would think. I, well, I hope your family will listen to this, and maybe it will touch their hearts and. Maybe they'll think a little bit about this journey. You're certainly sincere, and uh, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful mission you're on now. So good luck to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming and sharing. You bet, Earl. Thank I you. I appreciate it. And we'll catch you on another episode of the Ex-Mormon Files. This has been the audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an Ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Thank you.